This episode is brought to you by Roster Up Media, your home for tangible insights on the NFL and fantasy football. Head to rosterupmedia.com for more. If you love football, you'll love Roster Up. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jet Up podcast. It has been a few weeks. Uh, I was sick for a little bit. Uh, then I was traveling out to Arizona, so haven't had a chance to get an episode out for the last couple of weeks. A lot has happened since our last episode, um, and we're going to cover it today. Remember to subscribe if you haven't done that already um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the platforms that we listen to podcasts on. Um, and then we're also on YouTube now, so this video is going to be uh, on YouTube as well as audio. So go check us out at the Roster Up Media YouTube channel and subscribe there if you want to see uh, see my beautiful face and all my guests' beautiful faces. Uh, and speaking of guests, we have a first-time guest on the show, but uh, a friend of mine and and uh, diehard Jets fan, uh, Rich Barton, uh, who's joined us here. He's he's a diehard. He lives in Queens. Like he's like a true Jet fan. And and Rich, how are you doing tonight, my man? <laughs> I'm doing good. You know, just finished celebrating Halloween. Uh, I think the scariest costume was Zach Wilson. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're gonna get into the Zach stuff. Um, but uh, before we jump into all that, why don't you tell everybody who's listening and watching? A little bit about like how you came to be a Jets fan and then like sort of your recent experience with the Jets and, and all that. Yeah, man. It's a, it was a fun journey. I mean, growing up, uh, I guess my first football game ever was Curtis Martin's last football game. Right. So just going to the stadium, just seeing that vibe, it was real fun. Uh, just everyone cheering in the, in the crowd and in the, in the section where I was uh, making paper airplanes, this and that, or trying to see who's going to go farther. Right. Um, but yeah, ever since that moment, it was just kind of like, yeah, this is, this is home, this sea of green. Um, yeah. So brought myself all the way through, through college. Um, I got a, a gift from my parents, a very, a very nice gift of uh the possibility of being a season ticket holder for about six years. All right. So, you know, going through that process with uh, Rex Ryan and, and Todd Bowles, you know, it, it got a little tired. So <laughs> between that, get married, I had to pump the brakes a little bit. Can't spend that money anymore. <laughs> so yep. now I'm just the, uh, the casual, uh, the, the couch watcher. So a couch That's watcher who, who texts me and says, I don't know if I can leave this on anymore. It's 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 making you too upset. Just last game. <laughs> yeah. It's been good this season, except I think uh, last game created probably the most turmoil um, because I think the most important position on our team left with a lot of doubt in the fans' minds, and that was, I think, hard for all of us. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, appreciate you joining us, Rich. Uh, we're going to have a good conversation, I'm sure. Um, but first, before we jump into our recap um, of last week against the Patriots, a uh, few things have happened since our last show. Obviously, negative things, the Brees injury, the AVT injury, both of them out for the season. Um, 
really tough because I, I don't know about you, but I feel like they are the reason we probably went on a four game winning streak. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. Brees Hall, he's he's the home run hitter, right? He can just make or break any anything really. He can make something out of nothing. He was the reason why you know we were able to get up so much. Right. I mean, we were playing with a lead most of those games, and it's because Brees got going real early. Um, you know, scored some early touchdowns or at least got us down to the the red zone where we punched it in. And it's just like last week, it felt like we just didn't have it uh, in the run game. So we'll talk more about that. Um, but he was a big loss, obviously. Uh, he's becoming a real fan favorite. And then AVT, who I've been talking about on the show as like my potential season MVP, just playing four positions on the line. Um, in his two-year career and just not not just playing them but dominating them, really hard to lose him for the year. Um, I do think our O-line depth's okay, but it's uh, that that's an all-pro type player there as well. So, I mean, that one hurt me too. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we, we are feeling for those guys. We hope they get better. Uh, soon, you know, obviously won't be till next season, but hopefully before the start of the season. Uh, and as I, I kind of said on Twitter, I'm like, man, next year, Brees coming back, AVT coming back, hopefully Mackay Becton coming back, you know, getting three real high caliber stars back on this roster to start next season. Um, but it's this season, so we have to continue to play. We're, we're not even halfway through the games yet. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, what do we do next? And obviously we saw Joe Douglas went out, got James Robinson from the Jaguars. Who's kind of been neglected since they drafted ETN. Um, and I, I still believe in James Robinson. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, James Robinson is, is not Reese Hall caliber, but he is definitely the gap filler that we need. Yeah, I, I think agree. Agree. He's, no one's going to be Brees for us. Like he's a freak uh, athlete. Um, and, and James Robinson, though, I think is a with Michael Carter a good tandem. So I think it's a good a good compromise mid season. And you know what are you going to do? But uh, I, you know, I think we need to get him more involved. We, he barely was in last week against the Pats, and I want to see what he can do. Um, but definitely a, a player who's still young um, and still you know in his prime. Um, so we'll see, but, uh, and then in other news, before we get to the Pats, we got to talk about it, you know, got to get your thoughts on this Elijah Moore drama. Uh, haven't had a chance to talk about it on the show yet. Requested a trade, uh, was inactive the following week against the, uh, no, it was against, uh, the Packers. Yeah. Packers We still won the game. So it was like, people were ready to kill him if we didn't win that game. Cause it was like, let's blame the guy who was uh, the me first guy um, mm-hmm. and, you know, on a four, a three, four game win streak, you know, the guy's talking about targets and how he's not getting utilized. And, you know, I want to hear your thoughts before I give mine. How do you feel about Elijah Moore uh, at this point in time? Listen, I, I, part of me feels for the guy. Part of me is like, how can you be so selfish on a team sport? All right. It's not baseball, right? It, the individual statistics don't really matter in this game. All right. It's it's great to have some sort of milestones, especially when it's tied to a bonus structure or something like that. But you're you're so young, man. Just get out there, do what they ask you of you, 
just because Zach Wilson misses you on a throw or a, a catch gets called back, that doesn't mean you're not being utilized. Sure, he could be placed on the outside instead of the slot, right? He's probably better out there anyway. But at the end of the day, you got to put your team first. What I did like, though, was how the team kind of corralled around it, calling him out on it on, on social media, just like, you know, reporters and, and whatnot. It, just, it felt like uh, the rest of the team really has that bond that I just wish more kind of came into. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it shocked a lot of people, including me. I looked at Elijah Moore as like a high character guy. Somebody was going to be a locker room leader. Um, and then you hear him request a trade and, you know, there's all sorts of rumblings of like, you know, how selfish is this guy? Basically all of Jets Twitter turned on him in like one second. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, this just doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like Elijah Moore to me. But then when you go and you look at some of the most recent games and you realize he left a game with zero targets, left a game with like one target, you're like, man, you know, I get his frustration. But I think my biggest issue is you don't ever want to f- create any distraction when your team is winning. I think Absolutely. if, if, if you're da- if we were one in five and Elijah Moore was not getting targeted and he was like, I, I want to, I want out because you know, you're not targeting me. I'm one of your best players. We would all be like, Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, <laughs> Elijah Moore, like, why aren't we throwing to him? Like, he deserves, you know, he, of course he requested a trade, but because we were on a three game win streak at the time, you're sitting there going, dude, stop making it about you when we're winning football games, especially with all the years we haven't been winning football games. It's like now of all times are, are this guy on our team who we look at this young talent and everybody loves is going to go and ruin his reputation. So I think that was my big issue is like the timing of it, especially, um, you did see, obviously, he barely played this Sunday um, mm-hmm. against the Pats, even though he was dressed for the game. I think he was targeted once, and it was, like, batted down or something. Um, so I, I, I'm sure he's still frustrated. They asked him after the game, you know, kind of, how's your chemistry with Zach Wilson? Like, what's going on with that? He's like, I don't know. I don't get the ball. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, here we go again. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, you know, I get, I get his frustration. I think a lot more fans are starting to – because Zach played so poorly, they're like, oh, now I get why he wants to leave. Um, but I still think it was a bad look for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely agree. So moving on from him, I don't want to dwell on it too much. My hope is that he gets involved more. If we're not going to, we didn't trade him today. Today was the deadline. If, we, if we're not going to trade him, we better start using him. Okay. Cause I feel like, you know, it's stupid to just let him rot on the bench. You know, he, he's too talented. Uh, let's try to move past all this stuff and let's try to get him involved. Um, and hopefully he matures a little bit uh, over the next year, but we'll see. All right, moving on here. Let's talk about this past Sunday's game. So this is a uh, broke our, our winning streak against, of course, the Pats. Um, you know, it was a very winnable game. I felt like it was our game to lose going in. Um, you know, this is not the Tom Brady Patriots this is a different team with a lot of uncertainty at quarterback, um, you know, and of course we made it 13 straight losses to New England, um, which is mind boggling to think about. Um, what are your overall thoughts on the game? Honestly, we had them up until that pick six that was taken back. All right. 
I don't know why he had to leave his feet when hitting the quarterback. I don't care. I mean, sure, they said it was it was a late hit, but I think the thing that really did him in was he was flying through the air, hitting this guy, hitting the quarterback. All right, there was no reason for that. That came right before the half. It could have been 17 to three. That's a 10 point swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, that was the, I mean, the momentum swinger, like there was, there was no, no other moment in the game where you went, Oh boy, like this is going to be, this is going to mean something. Um, you know, when that happened, I, it's so weird right before the play happened. I'm like, imagine we got a pick six right now. I was like, I literally said that. I'm like, you know, that would be so awesome to like get the momentum back because I think Zach had just thrown a pick. Um, his first pick, I think. And we were kind of like, oh man, what a boneheaded throw that was off his back foot. And it's like giving the Patriots the ball back with enough time to score before the half. And so I was like, man, a pick six right now would just be amazing. And we got it of all things. We never get pick sixes anymore, but we get it. And of course it's called back. Um, so I think you have to put some of the blame in this loss on John Franklin Myers. It's a team sport. But that was just a stupid penalty from him. He's been in the league for years. You know, you don't have to hit the guy late like that. Um, I think, you know, the refs have let that go before, but why take the risk? You know, the guy's already gotten rid of the ball. Um, so obviously it cost us, like you said, uh, not just a touch, uh, not just points at that moment, but it was a 10 point swing because the Patriots got the ball back. And from there on out, it just felt like we could never get the momentum back. Absolutely. The Patriots really went into halftime and they they figured out how to exploit every flaw in Zach Wilson. It was just it was almost impressive. I know. I, I always uh, it's tough because every time we play Belichick, he like puts our QBs in a blender and like he just <laughs> is like he just knows exactly what to do to throw them off. The Patriots sent a ton of pressure in this game. Um you know, and we'll talk specifically about some of the issues with Zach in a bit, but um, he clearly was flustered, and they just kept doing it. They're like, "Okay, this is working. Let's just do it till the end of the game." And we couldn't overcome it. Um, you know, without Brees out there, it was like, the, the, and I said this like in the last few weeks, it's like teams are going to eventually figure out, especially if Brees was healthy. It's like they're eventually going to figure out, you know, that we want to give the ball to Brees or run the ball well. They're going to start stacking the box. Uh, putting pressure on Zach. They're going to say, hey, Zach Wilson, go beat us with your arm. Um, and I was concerned and, you know, I was like, I don't know if he can he can shoulder a team right now. And um, clearly that's what happened. And the Patriots are not an elite team right now. And he, he looked like he was facing an elite defense. Um, but obviously they just had a good game plan. So uh, it was really tough. I think he created a lot of doubt in that game around if he's the guy. Um you know, if he's going to, and there's a ton of articles now, everyone's saying the same thing that, that the jets were winning in spite of Zach Wilson, not because of Zach Wilson. Um, I think it's early maybe to say that I kind of agree. Um, but I, I just feel like, you know, obviously like he wasn't doing much in those wins. I think that's what they're getting at. And like in this game, it was like, all right, Zach, it's your turn. And he just didn't do well. Um, you know, he, he put up the stats, but he put them up like in garbage time. The game was already out of reach, um, you know, and, and it just didn't didn't look good. So um, before we get into him and some of the, the issues there, I'm going to talk about some game MVP. So I always like to do this. I like to talk about who who did who stood out for the New York Jets, and I'll give you a 
one of mine to start and then maybe you can if you have any uh that you felt we can talk about that but my my first one was like the obvious one michael carter the second um he had a pick and then he ended up having that pick six that got called back um he's kind of been a very underrated uh draft pick where mm-hmm. i feel like you know he was taken in the mid rounds um he's been overshadowed by the other guy on the team with the same name um and uh I just kind of feel like he hasn't been talked about at all, but obviously the secondary is playing really well sauce and DJ Reed, but you don't hear much about Michael Carter the second. So I thought he played really well. I uh, would have loved to, for him to get that pick six. It must've hurt him. I bet he is. I, I would like John Franklin Myers to buy him some dinner because he took away that pick six from him. And that's a big play. He could have won like, you know, defensive player of the week with that. You know, there's some mm-hmm. things that, that could have happened and I'm sure he was upset about that. Absolutely. That was just uh, – he was so, so impressive with all of his past defenders. Um, for, for me, it was uh, it was definitely Conklin, our, our tight end, right? That guy, two touchdowns, right? It's just – I haven't seen a tight end on a Jets like that, like just being able to catch the ball, being able to get open, right, since, I don't know, Keller? Ke- Keller, yeah, probably. Right, he was no, just, I, he I was agree. impressive for me. No, it, it was really not talked about a ton after the game, but but to see a tight end like that just make plays. I mean, CJ Ozoma had a nice catch in the game too, but Conklin catching two touchdowns, looking like a real receiving threat. We've kind of ignored him since Joe Flacco was in, and when when Flacco was playing, Conklin's stats were actually really high, and people were starting to pick him up in fantasy football. Um, and it's like, okay, like the Jets have a legit tight end threat here that can score points. And then he was just neglected the past few weeks by Zach, but this game, Zach started going to him and clearly he's good. I mean, he, he's got the ability to, to get, he caught some tough balls in the game and he, he really, um, he looks good out there. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had any sort of tight end threat. Um, I'm almost positive that he looked at my, uh, my fantasy football team. He saw that I dropped him, So he decided to put up all those points. (laughs) Yeah. You and me both. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm playing Conklin. And then, like, Zach came back, and I'm like, ah, I don't think Conklin's going to be a factor anymore. Because you have these these guys that the quarterbacks all favor, right? So, like, like Corey Davis was also neglected with Joe Flacco. Now Corey Davis is, like, the number one receiver on the chat because Zach Wilson just <laughs> likes throwing to him. And, um, you know, Conklin was similar. I was like, man, I think that was just a Flacco thing. Um, of course, he goes off this week, though. So, if you drafted him in, or if you if you played him in fantasy, congratulations, you're one of the few. Um, but we did not, and we regret it. <laughs> Absolutely, tight, end, tight ends in fantasy, man, they don't go well together. Uh, <laughs> my other MVP, uh, so not MVP, but these are just like guys I thought uh, could be in the running for that was Garrett Wilson. Um, he had his first 100 uh, plus yard game. Uh, he had 115 yards receiving. Um, was just getting open. And if you actually go back and watch some of the tape, which I was, I don't really do, but I was watching people, people that do post those, those, those things on, on Twitter. Um, yeah, I don't have time to rewatch games, but it's, uh, it's, it's impressive how much he was open. Zach did not see him on a lot of plays. And that's, what's frustrating is Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. These guys have been getting open all season, um, which is really awesome for us. Uh, who haven't had great receivers in a while, but um, yeah, hopefully we can start getting them the ball when they're open. Um, so it was cool to see him do really well. 
Also loved, uh, I got to give credit to the D-line, uh, the defense in this one. Um, they only gave up one touchdown on defense in this whole game, even though, you know, we basically, it was, it was a, it turned out to be kind of a special teams game and we, uh, let them kick, I think five field goals, uh, makes me think we should have never let Nick Folk out the door. I mean, he's been good ever since we left him. Uh, and, and, you know, we've been, finally, I think we're okay kicker, but this game, we weren't so good. Uh, and our D line had six sacks in this game. Um, Carl Lawson, Quinnen. Uh, John Franklin Myers, Nathan Shepard, Michael Clemens, I think, got his first. And then Jacob Martin got one, who we just traded today um, <laughs> for a pick, which was kind of boring. But uh, I'm sure Douglas has some ideas there. Um, but, yeah, got to give credit to the defense. I feel like everybody crushed Ulbrich in the beginning of the season. And uh, the defense has been a top 10 defense this year, um, every single game since. Um, so I think uh, that's awesome. So those are my, my top guys in the game and, and uh, you know, before we get to, to Zach. But now I think it's time we have to talk about Zach Wilson. So we have to talk the about – he's the elephant in the room. I've tweeted a lot about him this week. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a lot of – like I'm trying – I get to the point where I'm like, man, I think I'm just like beating a dead horse here. But there's just so many things that keep coming to mind of like what he's doing wrong. Um, and I'm trying not to focus on it because I don't want like I do not want Zach Wilson to fail. And I think like I'm in a, a Jets chat where they think I want Zach Wilson to fail because I'm always pointing things out that are that I'm upset about. I, I do that because I want to see him be great. And I think that's that's the problem is is he's he's creating more doubt every single week for me. And you know, I feel like he's he's looking so similar to his rookie season. And there's a I'm gonna read some stats in a bit, but it's been a it's been a tough start for his career. Um and you know, I think he didn't help himself this Sunday. Um so I, I I'll get your thoughts on it, but you know, how do you feel about Zach right now? Um before I kind of go on probably a, a little bit of a rant here. <laughs> well, for me, I really I think the talent's there. It, he can make these really phenomenal throws. What he lacks is, is the maturity and the experience, right? Um, you know, watching some of these plays or rewatching some of these plays, I did a little digging myself, right? Watching people who watch these plays, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finding their feedback. And the, even the first play of the game, right? The first drive of any game is scripted, right? And you know what you're going to do. In this case, it was a simple slant just slants on, on either side with the running back going out to the flat. He is supposed to look his, his number one pass is going to go to the running back running out in the flat. But you know, if the outside linebacker drops or the cornerback drops and you got Garrett Wilson just wide open, but like you were talking about before, he's right there. He's, he's ready to go. So instead of throwing that eight yard ball to a wide open Garrett Wilson, he just, Decides to, you know, try and throw it into coverage. All right. Uh, another thing that I, that I was seeing was if his number one passing option does not get open, and if anyone breaks that D line or all O line, he's running back. He's sprinting back. He's running like a madman, like a chicken with his head cut off. <laughs> he doesn't, you know, everything is collapsing around him. 
the front is open, right? He's supposed to step up in the pocket, but no, he's sprinting six yards back and he's trying to throw off his back foot, right? What was that? The interception right over mm-hmm. the, the middle, middle of the mm-hmm. field, right? Just throwing off his back leg. He's not planting, right? These things are very coachable. These things are, are, are mistakes that can be uh, remediated, but I'm not saying that they're easy mistakes to be handled. Mm-hmm. Something's got to, something's got to change. Something's got to, you know, he's got to make the boring throws. He's got to make the the plays that are just easy to make. He doesn't have to be flashy all the time, especially coming from BYU where he wasn't pressured often at all. So he just doesn't know this stuff. He doesn't know what it's like to be pressured. But yeah, that's, I think that's a great analysis. Um, yeah. It, I saw that play too, that first play. Um, yeah, his read, I think it was Dan Orlovsky had, was, was analyzing it. Um, and he, he was basically saying like that Zach doesn't even read the play. So that's the problem is he's, he's, it's, it's a scripted play. You know what the first play is, you know what the read is. And he didn't even read it. I think he, that's the alarming thing is it wasn't like he read it and then, you know, held the ball and, you know, like indecision. He didn't even read it. Um, you know, he caught the ball and just threw it to the, to the flat without even seeing the uh, defensive end, I think it was, pop out in the flat with the running back. Garrett Wilson, basically it's like whoever that defensive end takes, the running back or Garrett Wilson, the other guy's open. He throws, supposed to throw it to that guy. Instead, he just catches the ball, doesn't even look at the read, or, that, or Garrett Wilson just throws it right into the dirt to the running back who's covered. So that's alarming to me because that's like you practice that play. Like that's the play you, you went into that game knowing that was play number one and you didn't even read the play. So that was really alarming for me to see. That shows me a lack of maturity as a quarterback um, and a lack of ability to to know how to read a defense. Um, and then I think, you know, he, he like you said, the pocket. So I think this is a big issue I have with him. Um, especially after this week, totally right. Like he catches the ball, looks to his first read, reads not there. And he runs backwards, um, instead of running, you know, sliding in the pocket, showing, you know, hanging tight, finding the, the gaps within the pocket to move and find read number two, read number three, he catches it guys covered and he sprints backwards and then he sprints to the sideline. At that point, everybody's all out of whack and it's just backyard football, um, and for some reason, he doesn't ever try to throw it to these guys. And that's in that close situation. He just holds it, holds it, holds it, uh, keeps making guys miss tackles on him. And then eventually either throws it out of bounds um, or throws it right to a, a defender. Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, you have a good point. And even at the last play of the game on offense, when it was fourth down and like four or fourth and six, something like that, it was not a, a ton of yards we had to gain. Zach catches the ball. Um, ends up the pocket actually flushes wide on both sides and the opening is direct. It's like the red sea open and there's like this wide open lane for him to run for 15 yards would have easily got the first down instead jump throws it 25, 30 yards down the field, uh, you know, into the end zone and that's it game over. You know, it's like, that's such a simple thing to do. Just run up the gut something that Sam Darnold even could do. And, and I think that's, you know, we saw Sam run for, for 15 yards at a time sometimes because he saw those those openings. And Sam had a lot of issues, but he could do that. 
Um, so I think the first few quarters of the game, this game, Zach looked pretty good through a TD to Conklin, started to develop some chemistry with Garrett Wilson on his rollout throw to Wilson deep. It was really nice. Um, it, it was in my opinion, one of his best throws of his career. Cause I, I constantly get upset when Zach rolls out, throws the ball and doesn't lead the guy so that he can keep going. A lot of times our, our deep routes, the guys are turning around, coming back to it. And this one was perfect. So really love to see that. But then he started to fall apart. So I think from there, it's like once we started to lose momentum, like we said, he had the three picks. They were all boneheaded picks. Like just one of those plays where you just go, oh, my God, like what is he doing? Even the biggest Zach Wilson supporters start to go, what in the world is happening here? Um, And I think a big big part of this is like those extended plays are happening because – He's not willing to make tight window throws. So I think a lot of a lot of his time at BYU, the guys had five to ten yards of separation from these corners. He's throwing even watch his highlight tape. These guys are just open. Like they're they're open by college standards. NFL, they'd be considered wide open. Um in the NFL, these guys are it's tight windows. You gotta you gotta trust that your guy can make the play in those tight windows. And a lot of times Zach is is not throwing it because he just doesn't think they're open. And in the NFL, certain guys are open, even though they don't look open. Um, so he's got – I think that's a big area for improvement for him. Um, like you said, he's always going backwards, not hanging tight, um, throwing off his back foot, and then trying to make magic happen instead of throwing the ball away. So I think that's that's a big another big one. And he, he's like – after the game, he's like, I'm frustrated that I don't see open guys when I roll out. I don't want to throw it out of bounds anymore. It's like, dude, I don't care what you want. That's how you have to play the game. Okay, like you can't try to make magic happen every play. Sometimes you just got to accept that there's another drive in the game. We can get we can get the ball back, let our defense take care of it, and try to get a better situation. So I think that, that's some of my biggest issues for him. Um, and then my last thing I'll say for him is sometimes I just feel like the game feels too big for him. Um, you know, he panics a lot. He doesn't trust his guys. You know, he just doesn't have composure in a lot of these moments. He's he's just – it once the, you know, play is beyond two and a half seconds I was reading for him, he has, like, the worst passer rating in the league. Anything before that time, he is, like, one of the best. So it's like those first couple seconds when his first guy's open, he plays great football. But after that, plays the worst football. So it's kind of like he loses his composure. He panics. And makes bad decisions. So, for me, those are the the real areas uh, where I'd like to see him improve. Um, and I want to read you some stats, and I want to just get your thoughts. So, these were alarming to me. Um, so, this is what I'm talking about. Sort of, basically, and, this, and the reason I bring this up is basically everybody in co- when he was getting drafted out of college was talking about how oh he's great like off script. He's great like when he's rolling out when he's doing these things outside the pocket. You know, he's not a pocket passer. He's the guy that's going to be outside the pocket making amazing athletic plays. So this is from Jets X X Factor, which I tweeted today. But passes thrown outside the tackle box for Zach Wilson, six for 31 for 140 yards and two interceptions, no touchdowns. Passes thrown while moving at eight miles an hour. So basically anytime he's like running and throwing, seven for 25. For 143 yards and an interception. No touchdowns. Passes on designed rollouts. Four for 11, 70 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. 
passes while scrambling, three for 24 for 85 yards and two interceptions, no touchdowns, and passes that take more than two and a half seconds, 38 for 90 for 683 yards, two touchdowns and four interceptions. In all those categories, he was over 30th um, in QB rating and, and, and on all those things. So that, that to me is, is, is going completely against what we looked at him when the scouting report and everyone said that's what he's best at. And everyone keeps saying more design rollouts, more design. He's horrible at them right now. So what, what's the answer here, Rich? Honestly, no matter how bad it gets, I do agree with Salah that it, you can't just bench him, right? I mean, I was texting you on Sunday saying you got to bench him after that third interception, and yeah. that was all feeling. It was all based on feeling emotion, right? It doesn't make sense, right? It, it, as bad as he played, he's still the best option, right? I mean, take a look at Denver. They signed Russell Wilson, and he was he made a name for himself, right? He's not doing anything for him. Are you mm-hmm. sure? He's a little injured here and there, but he's supposed to be a game manager, not just uh, not just some guy who throws the ball. All right? He's making those same boneheaded moves that that you see Zach Wilson doing. So, if I were a betting man, I would be consistently trying to develop a younger quarterback in hopes that we can nail a target, right? A nail quarterback. It's um, it's a hard truth that. I have to accept, especially after last game, but yeah, I I don't know what the answer is per se, except he's got to, he's got to mature. He's got to, he's, he can't be all about making the magic. He's got to flip that mentality. You, you, You can't consider trying to make flashy plays every single play yeah just you gotta do what's best for the team no i agree um i think i I go back and forth because i think i i'm just tired i'm tired of our quarterbacks not being good and i think a lot of people are and i think that's why a lot of jets fans just defend him they provide a lot of excuses for him because we just don't want to believe that we might not have the quarterback again and so i think that's i understand that sentiment at the same time like this roster, I'm giving Joe Douglas a lot of credit. He's built a great roster. This Jets mm-hmm. roster is the best roster we've had in a long time. They are really competitive at all aspects of the game, the defense, the run game. Um, the real issue has been quarterback. And a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, you know, be careful. Like Zach, Zach has so much pressure, the O-line, the O-line, the O-line. Man, you know how many times we've heard the O-line? the past like decade it's like always the excuse we give these guys but i think there's there's this ignorance of this the fact that the jets are not the only team that struggles with o-line there's a lot of teams like more than half the league has trouble with with pressure like they Mm -hmm. they have you know they're every quarterback in this league has to deal with pressure um and and zach wilson's no different than most of the the quarterbacks in this league in that regard the key i think is do you trust that your guys are going to get open, that you're going to be able to move within that pocket, step into your throws, not something I've seen from him. Um, so I think pressure is not a good excuse for some of these panic throws that he makes. Um, at the same time, I agree with you. He has talent. He has the arm strength. 
But to me, the things that differentiate somebody who lasts in this league at this position and those who don't is consistency. It's like the guys that can go in every week and you go that you know what you're getting out of them. With Zach, it's like I feel like I'm holding my breath every single play because I don't know what he's going to do. And I think that's 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 where I run into some issue. And I hope that that changes. I'm not I'm not giving up on him. I'm not saying it's over with Zach, um, but it certainly feels more uh, negative than positive at this point for his career compared to Sam Darnold, compared to Geno Smith, compared to Mark Sanchez in their first 18 games. They all posted better stats. They all posted a better QB rating. Um, and those guys ended up not working out. So I think that's where I go, oh, no, Zach's even worse than them. So I don't want to believe that. I think he has more arm talent maybe than any of those guys. Um, but if it's like Geno Smith, maybe we just have to wait 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's playing pretty good football right now. So I, don't, I hope not. But, uh, you know, I think everyone calling for Mike White, everyone calling for Joe Flacco, like I don't think those guys are going to do much better or they might do worse, honestly. Um, I think my my question is, can we be that stubborn? If this team is actually that good of a, a roster and Zach keeps holding them back every game, do we go, let's just put another guy in there just to see what we've got here. Like, can we, can he make, can Mike White go in there and maybe just dump the ball off more and be more confident than Zach? Maybe not more talented, but will he get rid of the ball? Will he read, read the defense a little bit better because he's a little bit more that kind of guy? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I don't think those guys are better than Zach Wilson, but my question is, do you say we're putting our feet in the ground and we're never going to remove Zach no matter what he does, even if the rest of our team is doing really well? That is the that is the question. That's the big one. I I don't think that uh, putting in Flacco is going to do anything. Just in terms of the immediate future of our team, it's just if he does well, he's he might as well retire next season, and then we're back to square one. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no development coming out of either Mike White or Zach Wilson at that point. Now, Mike White, you can you're able to to make a little bit of an argument for uh, you know specifically him beating the Bengals like he did last year right last Halloween that was um one of the best recent memories of being a Jets fan right other than Joe Flacco's Browns game <laughs> so yeah. here I am saying these two guys they they have some sort of magic in them <laughs> no, I, 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 that was a fun one with Mike White, but I think he played more and it was like, you know, maybe that was just a flash in the pan. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't think Mike White's the future of this team. That's for sure. I think my question though is like, how stubborn are we if the rest of the team is good? Like, we think there's actually people talking about the Jets getting the wild card this year, um, which I don't think a lot of people expected. Um, you know, and my question is, do we, if we really have a chance to make the playoffs and we, we feel like a, a change at quarterback just helps us like get to the playoffs this year. Just, I don't think we're winning a Super Bowl, but I might, mm-hmm. you know, with any quarterback on this roster right now this year. Um, so my question is like, just for the sake of competing, I guess, like, do we, do we just mix it up if Zach continues to struggle? If he if Zach plays good game management football, then I don't think you do anything. Um, but I think that's my question. And 
you know, I, I get the, the hesitation because people want to evaluate Zach. Um, but if Zach goes this entire year, I guess this is a question I posed to somebody on Twitter was like, if, if Zach goes this entire year, ends up not being the guy, like, what do we do next year? Like, do we then just look at it? Like, like the roster's good. Do we go, okay, well, let's, um, it's, you know, do we just continue to try to evaluate quarterbacks or do we try to compete for a playoff spot? I think, you know, Zach, that's what I'm trying to say is like, if we keep Zach in all year, it's clearly because we try to evaluate him. Whereas like, I think the goal of a team at this point where we're actually competing in a lot of positions is go win football games. So I, I understand the hesitation to try to, to bail on Zach because he was such a high pick and everything. But at some point you got to just have your goal is to win football games, not just evaluate players. I think that's where so I'm what at. would you, what would you think about this? If you know, we have our bye week coming in two weeks, right after the bills game, we go into the bye week. If he doesn't show any improvement uh, next week against the bills, which is a very formidable defense, Maybe that's when you shake it up with Mike White. Maybe that's when you go against the Patriots in Foxborough and say, okay, Mike White has had two weeks to prepare for this moment. Let's see what he has. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I think the Bills game is tough because it's the Bills. They're, they're my opinion. They're my Super Bowl favorites. They're, I think, the best team in football this year. Um, I, I feel like it's hard to use that game as – the Zach Wilson hinge game. Like, is this is a game that if he plays good, he's, he continues. If he doesn't play good, he's out. I don't know that that's the best game to use because I feel like the bills are going to make most quarterbacks look pretty bad. So I, I almost am like, okay, like he's played the Patriots once. Let's see him again against the same defense, you know, in, in Foxborough. Can he learn from his mistakes in that game? No matter what he does in the bills game, can he, can we give him a shot in that game against the Pats? Can he learn from his mistakes, show that he's grown, show that he'll make better reads, and and do what he needs to do to give us – because we should win that game. We absolutely should. That Then if he doesn't, I think at that point you go, okay. Like if he looks just as bad as he did this past week against the same defense two weeks later, I'm almost like I've seen enough. Like there, there's – I'm at the point where – you know, let's try something else because the rest of this roster is good enough to win football games. So I think that's where I'm at. If that does that make sense? Yeah, I like that better. So Zach Wilson, if you're listening, we're giving you three weeks. <laughs> you got three <laughs> weeks, kid. Don't screw it up. <laughs> no, I mean Salah said today he's not pulling Zach from, at all, regardless of of anything other than injury. So I I just don't like making those types of claims. I know he's trying to support his guy. I just think at the end of the day, you're the coach of the team, not the coach of just Zach Wilson. Um, you have to win football games. Um, so I think that's where I, I don't love that statement, but I get it. Um, the Jets are five. We'll talk about the Bills now, I guess, because that's coming up, obviously. It's a game I've not been looking forward to. Um, but no, <laughs> the, you know, I'm the going Jets, to it. Oh, gosh. That's, that's <laughs> obviously home, right? That's a home game. Yeah, that's a yeah. home game. Yeah, so I mean – God bless you, Rich. Um, that's <laughs> that's going to be an interesting one. Now, teams sometimes they just something happens like magically, and we teams beat better teams, like way better teams. Um, the Jets' roster, I think, has improved a lot, but the Bills' roster is just unbelievable. 
Um, you know, we're five and three, they're six and one, but you know, so the records look like, Oh, this should be a good game. But obviously the bills are, are on another level, I think. And Josh Allen to me is a top two quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, you know, and, and I'm, uh, he's the one that worries me the most. I, I love our, our – I want to see Sauce against Diggs. I want to see, you know, DJ Reed on Gabe Davis. Like these guys, like I think I think we match up pretty well, although I think, you know, it's not going to be like a perfect game for those guys, but I, I think we match up pretty well um, on the outside. But Josh Allen's like a – he's like a unicorn. You know, he, he just yeah. – he can do things other quarterbacks can't do um, with his arm and with his legs. So – I think this will be the biggest test yet for the defense. You know, um, I have a feeling we're going to be playing from behind. And that is a situation that we have not been great in, except for sometimes in the fourth quarter in magical moments against the Steelers. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I feel like (laughs) it's, uh, it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, if we lock down the wide receivers, if we lock down the running, the just, running backs in general, it's going to be Josh Allen with his legs. He's He's got the ability to, you know, see the field, go through his reads, and if nothing is there, he could turn on the Jets, right? He's – look, I got him in fantasy, so. <laughs> you can't uh, lose he, this week. <laughs> I can't lose this week. It'll be it'll be fun. I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, this Bills team live. It's just they have something special going on. So as diehard of a Jets fan as I am, it's it's nice to to recognize something else going on. That's that's something special brewing. Yeah, I think the Bills out of for me at least, and what I've mostly seen from Jets fans is they're they're like our lowest rival in the AFC East. It's like the Dolphins and the Pats are always the ones we hate, and the Bills are kind of the ones we just we just don't like because they are in our division, but also because they're always knocking us for being in New Jersey and not in New York. <laughs> oh, we're the only New York team. You guys, yeah, you're at Buffalo. You're five hours away from the <laughs> major population of the entire state. We're 20 minutes from there. I mean, it, it, you know, I understand why they say it, but it's just dumb. Um, so anyway, it's, uh, you know, they basically play in cornfields up there and, and, uh, you know, it's a different world, but I, I agree. I think they're they're really fun to watch. I don't want to watch them beat up on the Jets, so I hope we keep it close. But they're 12.5-point favorites in this, um, which is, I think, our biggest, um, you know, line uh, differentiator that I've seen this year. Um, so it's it's uh, it has the potential to be bad, but I, I think our defense, you know, my, my thing is, like, can we keep our defense off the field? I think Zach – I would love to see him have some extended drives, and I don't want to just watch our defense try to stop Josh Allen for 75% of this game. You know, I, I want to see our offense stay on the field a little bit, get something going, even if it leads to field goals. Let's move the ball down the field and eat some clock. Um, let's get the run game going. I think that's going to be big. We have to get it going. We got to get James Robinson going, uh, and involved in the offense, Mike Carter. You know, do I think the Jets can win this game? I think. It's unlikely, um, but possible. I think we kind of picked the wrong time to lose last week um, against a team that we should have beaten um, because this one is going to be really tough, and then we go into the bye. Um, and I think going into the bye after two straight losses, it's just like you lose some momentum. So I'm hoping we at least keep this one close. 
Um, you know, but like I said, I think it's going to be tough having a you know two game losing streak if going into the bye if that's what happens. Um, so I, I think you know we have to get the run game going, like I said, because I think if we try to put this game on Zach's shoulders, it's going to be even worse. Um, you know, I don't want to see that. Um, so what, what do you kind of think is other than the run game, you know, I think, is it for you just like stopping Josh Allen's legs? What do you see as like a key to, to keeping this one close? Listen, and, and, uh, I mean, you, you nailed it right in seasons past. I've always gotten so frustrated just seeing the, our offense go three and out almost every drive. And then our defenses are they're They're in there for like 10 plays at a time. Right. They, they get mm-hmm. tired. Yeah. Right. If you keep one side of the field or one side of the uh, team on the field, you're going to get tired. So for me, it's about those things. It's about getting these players, these, this offense rolling. You don't have to score on every drive, but eat that clock. Right. Go for, you know, third down, third and two, run it up the middle, you know, just get the first downs. Just, you don't have to throw it on every play. You don't have to, you don't have to make magic. Right. And please, if you're going to throw it out of bounds, throw it toward the fans. <laughs> yeah. Knock someone's hot dog out of their hands. Like, come on, don't, don't leave it close. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree. I think, you know, this is one of those games where you look at it and you go, okay, our chances of winning are, are low. doesn't mean we can't do it, but, do what we can to at least keep it close, to at least keep our defense fresh. Um, I think for, on the offensive side of the ball, make it easy, man. Like, make it easy for Zach. Like, he's still early in his career. Like, like make sure he understands that those easy reads are easy reads. Like, set those up early. Get them going. Get Get the ball to Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore in space in the middle of the field where they can make plays after the catch. We don't have to throw the ball 20 yards every play. I think that's what I'm seeing from Zach is he's looking so far downfield every play. Like, dude, just take the five-yard pass. Like, throw a slant. Can we throw a slant this season? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm waiting for us to throw one. Throw Like, throw a slant. Throw it to your running backs. Like, just keep the ball moving. Like, don't stop worrying about throwing it down the field. Um, you know, and, and I think we'll be okay. And then, like you said, contain Josh Allen's legs. Um but what, what we're going to throw it to you. What's your score prediction for this game? It's a 12 and a half point line. Um, but what do you think? What do you think it's going to end up at? Oh, man. The hopeful in me, about 27 to 18 bills. Mm. That's good. I, I had uh, I had a little less optimistic, but similar 28-10. I think I was like going 28-14, 28-17, somewhere in there. Um, and then I started thinking, man, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know if this offense is going to get going, um, but I'm I'm hoping they will. I, I could definitely see us getting 17 on the board, um, you know, if we we start to to limit those mistakes from last week. Definitely could see it. So I think your prediction, I think I like better. It's like 20. You said 20. What? 27. 27. 18. 27, 18. Very interesting numbers. 27. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, I think, yeah, the Bills are is our prediction in this one. Um, but crazier things have happened. Um, we'll see. 
We'll see what happens. They call them trap yeah. games for a reason, right? Yeah, exactly. We hope they underestimate us a little bit. Um, now, Rich, just give me some of your final thoughts on this season, the outlook. You know, how are you feeling overall? What What are you predicting the rest of the way? Hey, if you were, if you told me before the season started that we would have a a winning record going up against the Bills, our first matchup against the Bills, I would take that every time. All right, this is. Yeah, despite all of the Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore drama, it's a fun time. It's a fun time this season. So regardless of the outcome next week, you know, we got easier teams down the, down the road. There's still time. All right. If we can come out just, you know, with nine wins, I'd be happy. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love it. Um, I think it's a good reminder. I think with, with some of the stuff that happened last week, it's easy to get negative easy to think oh like the quarterback situation this is a good roster right now we're five and three we should be six and two we play the bears after the pats like the lions are in there the jags are in there you know these are winnable games like i I really think we can we can like get like nine eight nine wins make the wild card still um you know that's something no one expected this year so I love the positive outlook. I think we need to have it. I'm going to try to be more positive because I definitely was a little critical. This I've been, been avoiding talking about Zach for most of this season because so I was like, I just want to see a little bit more. I suspected there'd be some issues. Saw a little bit of them Sunday, but I'm still optimistic. He did win four straight games as the starter. He can continue to do it. Let's be positive. Let's go get at least four more wins this season. Let's get a little playoff berth. It's fun right now, man. It's still fun. This team is competing. We're top 10 in the league right now overall. Uh, That's just something we haven't been able to say. So it's exciting, and I'm looking forward to what's ahead. Thanks for joining us, Rich. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on this week, man. Hopefully we'll have you on more. I'm glad we got an episode done. I've been meaning to do it, but uh, looking forward to this matchup. I think it'll be uh, hopefully a good one. Um, We'll see what our defense is made of, man. I'm excited. So appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Um, Again, go go ahead. uh, Leave us a rating. If you guys enjoyed this show, leave us a review. Share it with your friends. Um, Jet up, baby. Go Jets. Let's go get this W. All gas, no break, baby. (laughs) See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jet Up. Remember to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter at JetUpPod. This episode is brought to you by RosterUp Media, where football meets data. Head to RosterUpMedia.com for more great NFL content.